The following content is strictly designed for the enjoyment of a mature adult audience. Headphones are recommended as these stories are recorded in left-to-right dimensional stereo. Hello, I'm Samantha, and you're listening to All the Filthy Details, the literary lovesick podcast. Please don't forget me. It's nearly Valentine's Day, and the commercialization of love is going to be almost unavoidable. We're going to do things a little differently in this episode. Today, we have an interview with an advocate for self-love and body positivity, Melissa Lee. She also writes some of the hottest erotica, too. Story time. This story is from the Erotic Diary series, Liaisons. 10th of January, 2020. Beth. Damn those walls. Another day spent in a drab prison uniform. Another day desperate for my release date, which was suddenly just close enough that I could taste it. I could finally count down to the day I could bid farewell to that hellhole. There would be no more sending visiting orders to people who wouldn't show up. I understand things would have moved on since I've been in here, but soon I'll be able to see with my own eyes. Has Martha managed the gang as well as the girls would have me believe? Had Scarlet robbed us all and stayed to rub our faces in it? So many questions I was keen to get the answers to. Note to self, life is most humbling when the promise of freedom is just a tease. Much of the time I've spent here consisted of daydreaming, imagining ways I could make life more interesting. Sometimes I followed through, and sometimes the ideas disappeared as quickly as they came. The time I spent in prison gave me several experiences to add to my memory repertoire, more ways for me to win the next round of Never Have I Ever at a party. One such memory stemmed from a rescue that could change the course of my life. I was minding my own business, working in the laundry room at Her Majesty's prison. Somewhere behind me, I heard a fight break out between two other inmates. I turned to gawk, just like everybody else. A petite Asian woman was being manhandled by a taller woman with an athletic physique, who I knew as Jean, had a prominent scar across her face, a battle wound from harder times. She was a fighter, and she'd always been trouble. The Asian girl had no chance, and I was certain she'd be killed. Everybody was afraid of Jean, which meant she had no chance of anybody stepping up for her. Except me. I'm not always the biggest person in the room, but my personality has always been twice as tall. My reputation preceded me, especially in prison. The Asian girl, a new inmate, had the name Kaya emblazoned on her tag. What a lovely name, I thought. Kaya was at a significant disadvantage, and I couldn't hold back anymore as I saw punch after punch thrown at her face. Within seconds, I had Jean's arm subdued. She could throw no more punches, though Kaya was still bracing for the impact of another fist. I felt good knowing that no more blows would come. Jean groaned, the agony of not being able to fight clearly angering her. Her movements blocked. She stopped flailing. She screeched some profanities at Kaya and stormed away. As soon as Jean disappeared, I leaned toward the girl, who had crumbled to the floor. She was in a lot of pain, and the crowd had quickly dispersed. She opened her eyes and looked at me, relief and gratitude flooding them. The words could barely flow from her mouth, her fear was so real. I held out my arms as a sign of comfort. After a few long moments, I decided I could break the silence with a distraction. Your uniform smells good, I told her. Yeah, 
The detergent is surprisingly good quality here, she responded. It's surprisingly good at taking stains out, too. She laughed, her eyes looking up to meet mine. I could tell the pain she was experiencing was more than physical. Tears sprang to her eyes. <laughs> I haven't loved since I got here, she said, smiling through her sobs. I brought one hand to her jet black hair and brushed it aside before clearing away a streaming tear. She met me with silence, and the only sound in the room was the engine of the washing machine. Our eyes met for a few seconds, and I gently pulled her closer. It seemed the world had stopped. Kaya tried to let out a few words, but she stammered, unable to form a coherent thought, it seemed. My impulsive nature instantly prompted me to crush my lips against hers, cutting off any potential speech she might give. I knew she wanted this, needed this comfort as much as I did. The taste of her lips lingered after I pulled away. I grabbed her hand and drew her back in for another kiss. Put your hands on me, I ordered. She was quick to obey, and her hands let my hip without hesitation. I need you to touch yourself, I continued. She moved one hand to my neck and brought the other to the brim of her pants. Her hands disappeared into her panties, and I imagined how wet she must be. A gasp escaped her mouth, prompting a shiver to run up my spine. Her soft sounds continued as I brought my lips once again to her neck my nipples hardening at the thought of what was to come. God, I needed this more than anything. I'd been cooped up for so long, heating up inside as my desires could only be fueled by distant memories. But now, all I wanted was her. All I could think about was her, her beautiful face, her need for me. I let go of her for a moment and watched her face fall. She wanted more. I could read it on her face. Come here, I commanded. She quivered at the assertive nature of my voice, but quickly obeyed. She moved closer to me so that she was nearly sitting on my lap. My fingers found her wet slit between her legs quickly. An explosive shock on her face told me this was exactly what she wanted from me. Now that I'd rescued her, she was going to be mine. My mouth explored her neck, making its way to her shoulder. I wanted more, I craved her touch on my skin, and she fed my desires with her soft touch through my hair and down my arms. She begged me to please her, silently, but urgently. Take off your uniform, I said. She began taking off her top, but she was too fast. I demanded she do it slowly. Always the good girl, she obliged. Once she was in her panties, showing me her perky breasts in all their glory, I took off my own uniform. Once I was ready, my naughty hands reached for her panties. They were soft and wet, anticipating my touch. My fingers circled Kaya's mound, her moans escaping into my mouth as our lips met. My exploration led her lips and tongue to move more quickly, more excitedly. Her hands, soft and supple, wrapped around each side of my waist at first, and then slowly trailed down my thighs. You know where I want those hands, I said. She nodded, biting her lip. I realized at that moment where we were, and the fear of getting caught was suddenly on my mind. Of course, it did not stop me. Instead, it heightened my emotions. We had to be careful, but I couldn't stop. I couldn't remove my hands, couldn't prevent them from tracing her petite body. Seemingly, she couldn't stop either. Her hands continued to stroke the curves of my hips in true appreciation of my body. She was completely warmed up to my touch. Excitement roared inside of me, and I brought my hands to her wanting breasts. The atmosphere changed swiftly from one of quiet passion to one fueled only by lust. I laid the delicate woman on her back and got to my knees between her legs. My fingers tenderly traced the outline of her panties before I pulled them to one side, exposing her juicy pussy lips. I needed no invitation. My fingers slipped deep into her with ease, and my strokes elicited moans I warned her to subdue. 
Kaya's response to my touch was as intoxicating as anything else, and her opening was sensitive to my touch. She was helpless under me, and it was clear she could not be saved, not that she even wanted to be. The aroma of Kaya's sweet pussy was inviting, so much so that I could taste her on my tongue before I even brought my face down to her. I couldn't help but invite myself in. I extended my tongue to lick her softly, feeling her pulse and swell. I circled her pussy with my tongue before pushing it deep into her once again. I didn't need to touch myself to feel a swell of pleasure hit my body. I ravished her eagerly, longing for the sounds of her pleasure. As I ate her out, I brought my fingers back to Kaya. I found her clit and rubbed it in a small, soft circle. My tongue doubled her pleasure, and the contractions of her body were becoming too much. She tried to resist it at first, but an aggressive tap on her thigh made her the submissive girl I had pegged her out. Kaya was a good girl, and I was buried in my good girl's juices. They dripped from my hands and my lips. And still, there was more that I wanted, more that I needed. Spread your legs further for me, I directed. She did as she was told, and I buried my head into her thighs again, working her body so that I could relish more in her sweet pussy. Kaya brought her hands to the back of my head in an attempt to control her pleasure. I smacked her hands away abruptly, and she quickly understood this was not the time for that. It wasn't her choice. I was taking what I wanted. Kaya's body was on fire, glowing, and when I heard the sweet sound of her coming once more, I knew it was time to flip the switch. I moved from my position between Kaya's legs and got on my back. Immediately, she understood she must return the favour. Kaya brought her hands and mouth, first to my pointy nipples. She swirled her tongue around them and brought her palm to my needy, throbbing clit. With my permission, Kaya removed my panties. My pulsing pussy greeted her in anticipation of her warm tongue and sweet fingers. I grabbed Kaya's hand and guided her to the right spot. She was a natural, and she knew it. Within minutes, my body was on the edge of pleasure. Ecstasy was incoming, growing more intense as she aimed at that spot. My insides were about to explode thanks to her exploration. More, I called, not caring who heard me. With a naughty smug, Kaya inserted another finger and brought her other hand to work my clit as well. God, I wanted her to be deeper inside of me. I wanted her to stretch me, feel how deep my arousal was rooted. I raised my hand to instruct my new lover to move faster, but something caught my eye. A tattoo of a red snake was evident on Kaya's wrist. Immediately, my mind was drawn away from the pleasure. I looked to her leg, where another tattoo had been inked. Shit, I thought. I'd heard stories about that ink. Terrifying tales, like when Connor, one of the Irish weapon smugglers, was murdered. His mother received a box with his photo, two small live snakes, and his cut-off hands within. The serpents bathed in the blood within the gruesome package. People within the underworld were saying these gestures were symbolic just to let the world know that their gang is comfortable being submerged in bloodshed. Our gang dealt in drugs and violence, but we weren't killers or even prolific murderers by a long shot. What's wrong? Kai asked. I was already out of the moment. Tell me about those tattoos, I said, trying to keep my cool. She cleared her throat <coughs> as if something were keeping her from speaking. I'm part of Sun Hongse Duse, the Crimson Wiper family, the most feared Asian organized crime family in Europe. Damn. I'd been hoping for a heavenly orgasm, but there was no way that could happen now. I looked at the clock, realising my shift was almost over. At any moment, somebody would come in to retrieve me. Get dressed, I instructed her. Quickly. We both dressed, trying to remain calm. Are you rich? I inquired. My family is quite wealthy, yes. Good to know. When you get out of here, we can help you rebuild quickly. Really? 
It's a promise, she said. The look in her eyes seemed as genuine as anything. With mere days left before I could leave this dump, I had finally made a connection. A connection that could have made my entire stay worthwhile. You'll be taken care of, she said with a wink. Remember, if you need more erotica, you can purchase all these books on Amazon or read them using a KDP subscription. Please consider reviewing them to help visibility of the brand. Time for a quick shout out. For those listeners amongst you who use Literotica, please consider checking out the works of Beneath the Surface, an erotica writer and poet with quite a few works in progress. We hope to get them on the show when they are ready to release their debut title. It's time for our Spotlight on Eroticists. Today, we are joined by Melissa Lee, self-love sex coach and erotica writer. Hello, Melissa. It's safe for us to say you're one of our favorite content creators. Not only do you create content to mentor erotica writers, but also educate people about sex, body positivity, and share erotica stories too. What has been the most fulfilling part of this journey for you? Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. Oh my gosh, the most fulfilling part of this journey. It's so hard to narrow it down to one thing. (laughs) I would say on a personal note, it's been healing all of the shame and the fear and the guilt and the trauma that's been wrapped up in my sexuality Being able to heal that and then move into something that feels more authentic, that feels more embodied, that allows me to experience pleasure on a deeper, more expansive level. Like that has just been amazing. But then also hearing from people who read my work and tell me that because of my work or because of what I talk about on YouTube and like talking about sex and showing up in that way and just like a very bold way, they feel like they can do it too. So they feel empowered to to write the things that they need to write and say the things that they need to say, communicate in ways that feel good to them. So ultimately they start to feel better and better as well. So it's it's two different things we've got going on there. <laughs> as a self-love sex coach, people may look at you as being bold, confident, and proud of who you are. Is it fair to say this was very much a journey for you and one very much achievable by others? And yeah, the journey. It, it has been a journey for sure. And the way that I like to look at it is not only is it a journey, but it's also a practice. So starting out, you know, being very young and just trying to figure out my sexuality and figure out my body and just be a person on earth, basically, <laughs> and experiencing a lot of shame and a lot of guilt while becoming a sexual being it's just been a whole thing to get myself from that state to this state where, like I said, I do feel more embodied in my experience. Writing has been just a huge tool for that because it helps me to hear myself on a deeper level and it helps me express myself in a way that feels very safe to me because it's just me in the paper. 
So that's where I, my growth started happening was just with writing because I was able to really get still and get present with myself and really hear like what needed to come out and what was really important. I totally believe this is achievable for anyone who wants it, anyone who's like willing to do the work and like willing to look at their, their stuff, like their shame, their fear, their issues, like all of that. Like it doesn't have to be this arduous process. Like it can be fun. There's definitely some work involved, but it doesn't have to be this like big scary thing. So, and you don't have to take the route that I took either. The thing that I really like to share with people is this is what I did and take what you need or take what you like and just leave the rest. You know, like you get to find your own path and your own way. So definitely yes to all of the healing and yeah, it's accessible for sure. A creative erotica writer, has 2020 inspired you to be more adventurous with your own sexual life during these periods of lockdown? <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay, so yes, being more adventurous during this pandemic. Okay, so funny thing, I had taken a break from dating in 2019 and then in early 2020 decided to hop online and start dating. Well, then the pandemic happened and things were just escalating and escalating and getting a little scarier. So I chose to pause my dating app and then waited a few months. I did some work on myself. I was just like dealing with my own fear around everything and then just doing some internal work around relationships in general and doing some healing around that. I decided to unpause my account after I think it was like two or three months and within the first month of unpausing my account, totally met the love of my life. Oh my gosh, it has been so much fun. The relationship itself has been such an adventure. So in terms of my sex life being adventurous, it's been adventurous in a way that maybe you wouldn't think would be adventurous, but for me, it was like a really big edge. So what it feels like to me is there is an emotional closeness and an emotional openness and a level of vulnerability that I have not experienced before. So that feels like a little bit edgy to me. <laughs> not totally practiced at doing that. So I'm getting a lot of practice now for sure with this relationship. So it's not so much about like what we do about that being adventurous, but it's how I feel, how I'm allowing myself to feel and what I'm allowing myself to receive and then receiving on a much deeper level. People might not know this, but you're totally bookable. What services do you sell and how can people book you? Oh my gosh, yes, I am totally bookable, absolutely. Okay, so I have a couple of things. I am a sex coach, so I like to help people feel better about their sexuality, feel amazing in their bodies, feel amazing about themselves and about the energy that they bring to their life and they bring to their partners and to their sex life. 
I also help people deal and ditch with <laughs> deal with and ditch their sexual shame. I use erotica and journaling and embodiment practices to help people through all of this. My coaching package is a three-month package. There are six calls involved, and there's lots of homework, so there'll be some journaling things, erotica prompts, all kinds of stuff to get you started on your own journey of healing. The other thing I offer is if you are an erotica writer and you want someone to edit your work or read your work, I totally offer that service as well. For those who are unfamiliar with you, what websites are you active on? How can we find you on social media? I am active on Instagram at Strawberry Smutcakes. I have a Facebook group for erotica writers or just for people who are interested in just learning about sexuality and healing sexuality. It's called the Strawberry Smutcakes Writing Circle. I am on Patreon. You can find me with the username Strawberry Smudcakes. I share work on Patreon that I don't share anywhere else. And yeah, I would say like my booking site for coaching is attached to Instagram. So you can find it in the bio on Instagram or you can just send me a DM and I can send you the link directly. Would you like to give us a preview on something you've been working on? Yes, yes, absolutely. I would love to share a short piece with you. I was squeezing honey into the heart-shaped mouth of my favorite tablespoon, watching the thick amber-colored liquid fill it to the top before setting the container down. I shoved the spoon into my mouth, feeling the sweetness spread over my tongue. I closed my eyes as it slipped down my throat, my favorite sensation and taste. Did you just eat a spoonful of honey? His voice startled me, and I almost choked. I whipped around to see him standing there, leaning against the door frame, wearing last night's boxers and a shit-eating grin, arms crossed over his bare chest. I walked over to him, spoon in hand, and slid my other one up his arm to his shoulder, neck, and jaw before kissing him. Maybe. Why? You jealous of my little spoon? I put it in my mouth again, licking the remnants of honey out of the curves and crevice of it. A little bit, he smirked and wrapped his arms around my waist, pulling me to him. Is this, like, a normal thing for you, just diving into some honey? He asked. I nodded and said, Every morning. Any reason? He pressed. It tastes good. And I like feeling it in my mouth and going down my throat. I replied, bringing my hand to his cock, finding it hard. I reached into his boxers, wrapped my fingers around him and said, come here. We walked to the counter where I set the honey down and told him to take off his underwear. While he did that, I opened the container and filled the spoon again. I held it over his cock and tipped it, watching the liquid stream onto his skin 
moving back and forth, making sure there was honey drizzled from tip to base before getting on my knees. I swirled my tongue around his head, my mouth salivating as I took more and more of him. The sweetness mixed with the salt of his skin was divine. Here, put more on, I told him, handing him the spoon. I kept the tip of him on my bottom lip while I watched as he filled the spoon and drizzled more honey onto his shaft. I devoured him once his skin was dripping, rubbing the underside of his cock with my tongue, unable to get enough, my lips sticky and my pussy wet. I reached between my legs and touched myself while I sucked him, excited for him to come. He gave up on the spoon and grabbed the bottle of honey, squeezing more out as I consumed him. Come for me, I said, looking up, meeting his gaze. I'm about to, he grinned. Don't stop. When he did, he filled my mouth with all the salty, sweet deliciousness of him. I dragged my lips slowly off his cock and swallowed feeling satisfied. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Next episode, we have an interview with erotica writer Jack Hawkland on the show. Here's a preview. Kit focused on his breathing. This was important because as much as he wanted to focus on the barely obscured view of the naked and semi-naked women in front of him, he also knew that as he increased the rate at which he masturbated, his body would demand more oxygen. If you write erotica and you'd like to be featured in an interview on the show, please reach out to us. It's quick, easy, and free. You're listening to all the filthy details. Story time. This story is from the erotic diary of Danielle. Chapter 9, February the 15th, 2020. Whatever your hustle is, go somewhere with it. Tion Watkins I don't know if Martina is even alive anymore. My only other contact with Martina got arrested in connection with Max's trial. The news was calling this the biggest underground crime ring of the century. They were comparing us to weeds and tree roots, how our connections just kept getting deeper. The local jails were filling up with minor criminals in the ring. People who occasionally sold a bag of coke or something like that. But eventually the cops would net a big fish, and it would be plastered all over the news. Yesterday was Valentine's Day, and I had two appointments scheduled the day. I was going to get brunch, and most likely have sex with my sugar daddy George. Later in the evening, I was going to meet up with that college kid I was talking about earlier. His name was Oliver. I wore sexy red lingerie underneath my regular clothes when I went to have brunch with George. Not only did George pay for brunch, but he gave me a thousand pounds just for being his sugar baby. Brunch was amazing. We went to a classy restaurant. We had Belgian waffles topped with homemade whipped cream and diced fruits, handmade sausage, and the best scrambled eggs I've ever had. It was a lovely time. Overall, that was made even sweeter by the thousand pounds. Then, we went to a hotel room George had rented out and made love. It really wasn't anything too spectacular. There was a slight amount of foreplay, if you could even call it that, to begin with. George kissed up and down my body, nibbling on my ear before laying me down on the bed. 
He went down on me, but the way he ate my pussy was so frustrating. His tongue would bumble about cluelessly down there until he found a spot that made me moan. Once he found that spot, he would intensely focus all of his energy there for about 30 seconds. After 30 seconds, he just assumed I came and that it was now time for me to receive his dick. He positioned himself in between my legs and began thrusting in and out of me. I didn't really feel much of his dick go in, and at first I thought this was his attempt at teasing me. Then I looked down and saw what the problem actually was. The beer belly he had accumulated was preventing him from penetrating me very deeply at all. In an attempt to counteract his lack of penetration, George wildly gyrated and bucked his hips in an effort to get a better angle. He wasn't really getting anywhere in missionary, so I suggested that we do it in doggy style. He could try fucking my ass since it's something he's talked about before. He seemed pretty happy to try out, so that's exactly what we did. I was on all fours on the mattress, using both hands to spread my cheeks for him. He fucked my ass and his eyes rolled back as my ass wrapped around his cock tighter than any pussy or mouth he'd ever had. He wasn't really hitting any of my sensitive spots though, but I still moaned and pretended like his dick was life-changing. Eventually, he moaned that he was going to come and he pulled his throbbing cock out of my ass. He was jerking off furiously and I begged for him to shoot his hot load all over me. The dirty talk sent him over the edge, and I heard him emit a few fierce grunts before I felt a few spurts of cum dribble onto my ass cheeks. Now that he shot his load, he was finished for the rest of the day. He lay down on the hotel mattress, breathless and panting. His eyelids were already drooping, like he was about to fall asleep. He saw me sitting there on the edge of the bed, waiting for him to do or say something. He thanked me for being his sugar baby and told me I could leave whenever I wanted. I cleaned myself off, put on my clothes and walked out the door as soon as he said that. I met up with Oliver at his apartment later in the evening. He was a broke university student so he couldn't afford to take me out to a nice Valentine's Day dinner. Instead, he ordered pizza and watched a cheesy film together, bantering over it the whole time. He was a sweet guy. It's just that he didn't have any friends or the confidence to talk to any women. We ended up having sex on his couch. I started out on top of him, grinding on his skinny shaft while he held my hips in place, moaning and grunting. I started to ride him, but he wanted to take control. He held my hips in his hands to keep me and study and bucked his hips so that he was fucking up into me. We only did this for a little while, then he wanted to switch positions. He wanted to take me from behind. I got on all fours on the couch with my face down and my ass high in the air, present for him. He pounded my cunt as hard as he could, but it didn't really feel like anything. It didn't feel particularly good, nor did it feel particularly bad. He was trying his best. Unfortunately, he didn't understand anything about the sensitive spots on the vagina, where to focus his momentum on. As he pounded me from behind, I had to reach my hand down to my pussy to play with myself. It was the only way I was going to feel any sort of pleasure in this interaction. Meanwhile, Oliver was moaning, growling, as his balls slapped against my pussy. My hand was teasing my clit when I felt him grab a handful of my hair roots and yank upward. He spanked my ass many times as well, which felt nice, but it didn't make up for the fact that his dick felt extremely bland inside of me. Finally, he laid me down so that my head was hanging off the arm of the couch. He pried my mouth wide open and stuffed my mouth full of his cock. He fucked my throat fast and hard, but his dick was so skinny, I easily deep-throated it, and I didn't really gag on it. Eventually, he moaned that he was going to come. He removed his spit-covered penis from my throat and began jerking himself off. I fondled his balls and said dirty, nasty things about what I wanted him to do to me. Seconds later, he burst. He had a big load saved up, 
and he sprayed it all over my face and tits. I cleaned up, took my cash payment, told him he could hire me again whenever he wanted, and left his apartment. Unsatisfying sex and shallow relationships with most people, such was the life of an escort, I suppose. All of the Erotic Diary series titles can now be purchased in one book. The Erotic Diary series, season one, the complete anthology. You'll get the erotic diaries of Isabel, Danielle, Scarlett, and the Liaisons Anthology, presented in a single timeline, plus a bonus chapter ahead of Season 2. All links can be found in the description. You've been listening to all the filthy details. The Literary Lovesick Podcast. Thanks again for joining us.